What's going on, big fella? So the rivalry is renewed with a whimper and not a bang as the Steelers knock off the Cleveland Browns. big man what's going on man we look official don't we we in here look at us go (laughs) i'm glad to see you smile because uh we got to get together and watch a little steelers game while you're in town and uh it was you got your positive pants positive pants man it was they gave me a lot to smile about uh these last two weeks man it was it's been good to come into the new year actually with something positive and it's all due to the positive pants, man. They fit so well these days. Well, I'm gonna put an end to that today because we're gonna, I'm gonna grind your gears. We're gonna do grind my gears later. Uh, NFL Hall of Fame talk. Right. I right. I, I thought that might have been your grind my gears. Is it is? It has something to do with it, but you know, we shall see, man. Because you know, you know how I feel about uh, a certain number eighty six for the Steelers, man. I think he got shafted once again, but yeah. We shall talk about that. College football playoffs. My gears are grinding. Worst bowl season ever for me. Ever. Ever by as, far. And for me personally as a fan, like this is, I got kicked in the nuts one game after another. All bowl season long. I usually do pretty good. But just from an entertainment standpoint, bowl games were horrible. I mean, we had a Pop-Tart bowl. We had <laughs> a AutoZone bowl. I mean, all these sponsors, I get it, but it just it's yeah. awful. It's it's too oh, much. It's too um, much. My Browns are in the playoffs. It's ha- happy new year. We haven't got this talk until you know you were traveling up, coming to see right. me. I mm-hmm. made you a little present that we'll get into oh, yeah. later in the show. I I pay my debts. I paid up you on my did, debts, mm-hmm. and uh, I got to meet up with you. We went to a little uh, what was it? Tilt the man. Kilt. What, it was still kill. kill what or Twin Peaks? Oh, Twin Peaks. Yeah, you're right. Twin Peaks. There is a difference. It was in the old. It was in the old Tilted Kill. There's a slight difference. Boots, I guess. Not a whole lot of Flannels. difference. A little plain yeah, shorter not, shorts, not, maybe. Not a whole lot of difference. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that was fun. Um, yeah, we got up. Uh, I got to claim my prize uh, from did. the bet we made last week, man. Um, Had a few adult and we beverages. Both the new year with some smiles on our faces, man. You. Your Browns are going into the weekend with a meaningless game Mighty Joe because y'all have already clinched the playoffs, man. That's crazy. Mighty Joe Flacco and the league MVP, Miles Garrett, doing the Lord's work. <laughs> but despite we, uh, all that, despite the the positive pants that I've managed to put on that fit so well these last two weeks, my Steelers have added another episode to what we call the Steelers soap opera these days. Did you did your did your parents watch As the World Turns or General Hospital or Days of Our Lives? All my all uh, my grandmother my grandmother did. So funny story. I think I saw you tweet about this also. When I was a kid, my grandparents lived in Washington D.C. I would go like inner city of Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. and uh, the bad side of Capitol Hill, not the kind of the dangerous side of Capitol Hill. Right and um. For whatever reason, I think back now and I'm like, you guys have me at eight years old walking around the streets of Capitol. I would never, my kids mm-hmm. walking right. around the streets of Washington, D.C. Yes. But um, they lived in this eight-story apartment building. And my grandmother would send me over. They were the managers of this apartment building. She would send me over to pick up their lunch in this little place. I was like eight, nine, ten years old. It was outside the barbed wire fence that protected the property. Okay. And Seems I'd a little have dangerous. to walk. Okay. Yeah, I'd have to walk back in with the food. And um, she would, my grandmother is the manager of this property. She had a conference room and she just sat there and watched Days of Our Lives and As the World Turns. Oh, yeah. All of that stuff. My grandfather ran the maintenance department and my grandmother ran like the pay and rent department. And uh, my grandfather was out changing light bulbs. And so my grandmother's in there smoking her cigarettes and watching her, watching her soap operas and her stories. 
Dude, those soap operas were serious. I mean, you got people today that have been watching the same soap opera for 20 years. I don't know if they're still on or being like in syndication or whatever, but before I mean, Wheel of Horror, before before Price is Right or whatever comes on, I'm sure it's right. out there. There's that time frame between 10 and 2 where I could not touch the TV because you had Price is Right, then you had um I don't one of the other game shows, and then you had like two or three hours. Was it straight a, let's make a deal or something. Probably one of those. But can we can we pause real quick and give it up for our grandparents' generation? By the way, we are in a time with like we've had DVR, t- like our whole adult life, in either Netflix, DVR, TiVo. Back when I was like a teenager, we've been able to find a way to watch what we want and record yeah. our. Sh- Even with a VCR, you could pop a tape in. The commitment of our grandparents to sit so down and never if you missed the story on days of our lives, you were not catching you were getting it back. There's no you way like, you, and you, you were just shunned. missed out on the whole storyline. Your group of friends looked at you like you were a peon because you didn't see what happened with Victor. And oh man, Victor. You you know there was a Victor. There's always a Victor. There's always a smashing, Victor. smashing the divorcees. All and, the odds. All yes. the sister, all the stepper wise. Victor was getting them all. So give but, it uh, up to our grandparents' generation because they never yeah, missed a beat. Now you you never <laughs> miss a beat with your Steelers locker room. Oh man. Look, man, we don't want two Talk weeks in a row. It. Our offense has looked as good as it has been, but it has not come without drama. And so I don't know if you've heard the latest episode in the soap opera. I have not missed the episode. It's my but, favorite soap opera too, because it's normally my locker room, and now I get to watch your locker room too. So this week, um, there is a report, and I've heard I heard from multiple people, but Mark Madden was the one who just came out the other day with the fact that it was rumored that Kenny Pickett refused to dress and back up Mason Rudolph because he was mad because a promise was made to him that he would be starting if he was healthy enough, and apparently he was healthy enough as of last Thursday. And Tomlin made the executive decision to sit Kenny Pickett behind Mason Rudolph because he obviously had the hot hand. Um, When I heard it initially, it did not vibe with anything that I ever thought about Kenny Pickett. By all accounts, he is a great locker room guy, great leader, hardest working, always says the right things. His teammates love him. So when I heard this, I was like, this is completely out of character. But I understand being frustrated. And I understand the fact that he probably feels some type of way seeing how Mason Rudolph saved Christmas and got us back into the playoff race. He feels some type of way because maybe he didn't get the presents that he wanted on Christmas. And Rudolph got all the all the love after Christmas Day for doing what he did. And our offense just really blew up. And so when I heard the initial report, he's been sent to the he's been sent to the island of misfit toys. Poor kid. (laughs) He has, man. Yes. And so I didn't think that any like who would have the gall, the audacity to go up to your head coach and be like, nah, I'm not dressing. I don't want to be a backup because you promised me that would be that just didn't seem right to me. But if it had been him, if he had got to that point of frustration, I was about to be done with him because you don't do that. You don't do that when your team is in the hunt for the playoffs. Uh, I'll be we need some help. But uh, you don't do that when our offense has finally showed signs of life. And despite all that, Mason came in this past Sunday and really he balled out again. He backed up what he did last week versus Cincinnati and put on another great display for our offense. And now we have a shot. We're sitting here with a shot at the playoffs. And so let's uh you, you do have you, you've got a lot better shot than I thought you would after losing yeah, those two games shot. to New England and Arizona. Um I've got a couple ways I want to go with this. First of all, we're gonna to have to get we're gonna to have to get the group over at Steelers Nations. We need some producers or something where we can pull the tape and we can start because every everything's cheery in Steeler land right now. You got the Mason, I mean, or you got dude, the this, it, it, you seem it you think it would be cheery, but no, this somehow we managed to douse whatever yeah. kind of excitement we've had with this little bit of drama that Kenny did to his uh credit came out and addressed it head on. He was like so, uh, people coming out dressing are coming at my character. He was at his absolute BS. He was like, they made a decision late in Thursday that since he didn't get a lot of reps, that it was best for him just to uh, sit out, not, not even be the emergency quarterback. So 
I'm going to trust the man. I'm going to take him at his word. Unless you prove to me or that you show me that you're a liar, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. And Kenny deserves the benefit of the doubt because I don't think he's that type of guy, especially with the fact that he hasn't played any type of ball at all. And he has not balled out in the least to have that type of attitude and that type of audacity to go up to the head coach and say, nah, I ain't going to play. And that was my question for you is do you believe him? I I believe him. I'm going to take him at his word. But just the fact that that inkling came out, and I, it wasn't Mark Madden that told me, actually. I heard from a little bird that claimed to have very uh, pertinent knowledge, very trustworthy knowledge that it came from the horse's mouth. But all that being said, the fact that he came and addressed it head on yesterday, a lot of respect for that. And this is a non-story to me at this point. I don't want to take away from the excitement uh, of how important this game is. We have a chance this weekend, this Saturday, against our rival, Albeit they're probably gonna sit all their starters. I hope they sit all their starters. I and know you we do. have a chance to go 10 and 7, despite all the drama that we've been through this year. Every episode of this soap opera that we've been on, that uh every uh member of Steeler Nation has been tuned in. The George Pickens episode, the uh Najee Harris episodes, the O-line has had their own episodes in this soap opera. But uh at the end of the day, we're sitting here fighting for a playoff position, and we're actually we got some good momentum going in our favor. So I was going to ask you if you if you believe him, and there's a couple things about it. Also, I wish we could play the clip of a few weeks ago when the George Pickens thing happened, mm-hmm. because all of Steelers Nation right now so happy, so cheer as you should be. Yeah, but you guys be. just want to turn the page. You want to turn the page. You want to get to the next game, and I told you all a couple weeks ago. When the George Pickens thing came out, this is unacceptable. It's a locker room ish- issue. It's an indictment on this. This stuff don't happen. I said that BS. It does happen. The real issue is it's happening while you're losing now. Winning solves all. Oh, yeah. I mean, I didn't You're winning that. now. Winning you're does winning solve now. all. And that's, that's the only difference. These things have always happened. They always do happen. They happen in locker rooms everywhere. Not just yours. Not just the Browns. Not, stuff happens in locker rooms. A lot more things than people realize. I might I've not been in them as a player as at the professional level, but I've been in them. And there are things that happen in locker rooms that don't always get out, which is why I ask you if you believe Kenny Pickett when he says that. Here's my take as an outside having never stepped foot in the Steelers locker room. Kenny Pickett is going to be on this team next year. No doubt. The he's a first round pick. He's relatively cheap in the quarterback market right now. You're gonna bring in a new offensive coordinator. And Mason Rudolph is not. Regardless of how you want to dress it up, Mason Rudolph may have saved his NFL career. He's done a phenomenal job. Yeah. He will be, before it was most likely Canada, but now because of what he's shown and been able to do, he will wear it. I will put another friendly wager with you up. He will be wearing a helmet other than a Steelers helmet next year. As will Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky is the one. I think Kenny we Pickett is the back. one quarter. Uh, when you look at the 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 gaggle of scrub quarterbacks starting games in the NFL right now, Mason Rudolph has more than proved that he is capable, and he is in a situation where he will not get that chance. He could get the Mitch Trubisky deal that Pittsburgh gave him. He could go somewhere where they let him compete or hold the seat warm, give him a two year bridge deal for a quarterback coming into the NFL right now. He could absolutely get that. If if the Bears trade Justin Fields to the Steelers or whoever else, and they don't want to start Caleb Williams right away, or you know whatever the Giants decide to do, Mason Rudolph could go and take snaps there. All right, so I'm going to pump the brakes a tad bit. I don't think Mason goes anywhere to be a stopgap starter. I think his best chance at being a starter next year is in Pittsburgh. And it's because we'll have a new OC. It's because Kenny Pickett hasn't shown that he's capable of producing at a high level consistently, if at all. And Mason has in these last two games. And so I don't know because, remember, nobody wanted Mason at all except for Pittsburgh coming into this season. I don't know two games. I don't think two games or potentially three games and maybe a playoff game. Now we'll say – the one caveat, if we go to the playoffs and Mason is still the starter and somehow we manage to get a win, that changes everything. A playoff win would change well, we're, everything. We're in the same boat. We're in the same boat yeah. with Flacco. 
yeah, so you and I, think, I are looking at it the same way, but yeah. But Flacco is a Super Bowl winning champion. That's the that's the biggest difference. And so right, but he's Mason, not going to be a Brown next year. Oh, I I I don't I think I think Joe is back in Cleveland again next year. And I if think he Mason wins a Super back Bowl, maybe if he's a, if if Joe wins a Super Bowl, maybe just to give him his victory tour. But I think short of that, I don't think bring Joe and Deshaun back. But I think they'll bring Mason and Kenny back only because you can't go into an offseason with only one quarterback. On your roster. So let me, so from a logistic standpoint, I think we bring Mason back. And I think he's proven enough to at least give Tomlin and Steeler Nation is going to – if Tomlin does not bring Mason back and he continues to play how he's been playing, dude, like Steeler Nation will let him have it because he already took this long when he's when they've been screaming Mason's name from the top of their lungs. He already took this long to play him and started Mr. Bisky three, four games, and we only won – I don't think Mitch has won one start. And so Mason comes in and win two right away in impressive fashion. Dude, I, they got to bring Mason him, it's, it's not just him. It's the offense. So we're watching the game together Sunday, and, and you should speak on this more here. And I, I turned to you and I asked you, people don't realize that the quarterback position in the NFL is more than just throwing passes. When you know a system inside and out, like Mason has been in Pittsburgh forever now. Right. It's about – and this is where a good offensive line coach and a good offensive line comes in too – making sure your team is set up in the one thing that drives me nuts. And I see teams do it all the time at the college and pro level is a legal formation. It's a pre-snap penalty. It's just right. lack of focus and stupidity. It should never happen. Yeah. Pre-snaps uh, are the worst. If you ask any coach, any head coach, there's nothing that grinds their gears more than a pre-snap penalty. Right. And I'm not even talking about jumping off sides. I'm talking about lining up wrong, a legal mm -hmm. formation, because Correct. all you have to do is take a look around. You know what formation you're in are X amount of players on the ball or X amount of players off the ball point blank period. So the quarterback position extends well beyond completing passes and is getting your team put in the right position to succeed. The offense has moved since Mason has become the starting quarterback in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And it's not doing anything amazing. It's not like he's some different quarterback. He's doing his job. Rambling like, uh, uh, what's his name up in the giants? DeVito. Um, he's not uh, coming his attack. Him and Tyrod Taylor are this, are completely opposite quarterbacks. Tyrod does give you a little bit more mobility Tyrod in the pocket, is good. Than, but I mean, Devito is a he's a running quarterback. He is Daniel Jones exact like him and Daniel Jones are the same quarterback. I never Mason, thought Tyrod got the due due credit that he deserved either. By the way, right? So Mason came in and is in the same exact offense that we've been doing. Same exact plays are being called. But the difference is there's a confidence level. There is a, an attention to detail. There is um, a little bit more uh, calculated risk that Mason's taking. He is staying in the pocket. Uh, so the O-line, that the, the fact that he's going to stay in and not scramble out and do the little twirly bird thing that Kenny Pickett used to do that would get him sacked, that gives the, <laughs> the O-line confidence. <laughs> And the quarterback is going to stay in the pocket and look downfield to complete passes. That gives Point the wide receivers confidence that when they run the route, that the ball is going to be there on time. That gives the running backs confidence that and, and uh, blitz pickup that they can block where they're going to. They can they know the blitz is coming a certain way because the quarterback is going to be in the pocket. So just little things like that have a domino effect and. A lot of times, and, and, and especially in this instance, it's worked out for the best, better for us because Mason is staying in the pocket, going through his progression, throwing passes on time, and because of those little, uh, those little nuance, that little change, it has given our offense all the confidence in the world. Well, Mason knows how to do those things, and whether it's his fault or not, Kenny doesn't. And it's a reading defense thing. It's a conceptual thing. It's a schematic thing. It's a Matt Canada thing. And that's where, in a lot of ways, the Steelers failed him by continuing to bring that back. Mason can draw on experience from prior. You know, right. from He's ben. been in this offense, for better or for worse, well, mostly for worse, for the last four years. This offense is not a lot different than Randy Finkner was before Matt Cannon took over. So a lot of plays are the same. And just that experience of being in that offense, a similar offense, for that long is, I mean, is more than what Kenny has. And so but he Mason also watched going. somebody executed at a high level when Ben did, like right. he knows what success is supposed to look like within this system and this offense. And is Kenny athletic and all that things? Yes. 
you would know this better than anybody. Ben extended plays. Ben was great in the pocket. I wouldn't call Ben the greatest of athletes. He's not. No, but just pocket awareness is not scrambling. It's just knowing right. how to make those subtle movements to yes. avoid the rush. Buying extra time. Buying body position. Buying extra time. And it's just, it is not like seconds. It's like a half a second or yes. three-tenths of a second. That That's all the difference you need for a big play to open up or for a wide receiver to get a little bit more separation from a defender. And Ben was that's why it blew my mind when I heard that the reason Mason wasn't starting is because he wasn't mobile enough or wasn't athletic enough. That's not what you need. Play your role, distribute the ball to your playmakers, get it in their hands, get it in space and let them go. And And know who's been the biggest beneficiary of Mason. And as uh, we all know it, the guy that was the star actor in the Steelers soap opera episodes, the prior weeks, and that's George Pickens. He has been on an absolute tear since number two has been a quarterback. I think he has over 300 yards receiving and two touchdowns in two games. His By far his greatest production since he's been a Steeler. So you know he's already feeling Mason being back there. And when your star receiver is eating, and it's because there's one specific quarterback, I don't see how you go away from him anytime soon. Your prediction is Mason will be back. We'll 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 come up with the terms, but I'll have a little friendly wager that he he will not be a Stealer next year. Oh, he definitely will be. I, I, I predict, but we'll get to that. Meanwhile, what did I what did I send you? What did I send you? Oh, you share man. With people. So you share I mean, with you, I don't know I if you, you want to. I don't want to. I'm not going to bet on both of them being gone because, uh, frankly, I I'm still perturbed that I'm more pro Tomlin than half of your fan base. But I sent you. Well, Tom, did I Tom send you? back. But uh, yeah, man, due to our bet, <laughs> due to our bet that I won handedly, nah, well, uh, three games to two, right? You finally had to make me some baked goods with love. Now, I did. Granted, was it was Browns themed, but I'll tell you what, for your first time baking, you know, look at I that. Mean, the handiwork, um, the penmanship could be a little better. And I definitely look didn't you- eat none of that orange Browns oh, was- and stuff. I was going but for the authenticity. The green, That's what the Cleveland Browns field looks like in December. Nobody knows what that is. That is a brownie, y'all. It may not look like it on the surface, <laughs> but it, it was. It is a brownie, and it was delicious. You saw me eat the first piece. I'll tell you how good it is. I didn't see it the rest of the day I was there. It got destroyed by the rest of my oh, did family. Oh, did it get finished? Yeah, it got finished. So, well done. Well done. Uh, I didn't eat any of the Browns. I just ate the field part. That's supposed to be a NFL field, y'all. It's supposed to be Brown's end zone with the green being the uh, the field. And uh, it, it was good. I, I'll give you props on your baking skills this time around. There was a lot of icing on it. That can mask <laughs> a lot of deficiencies when you have a lot of good icing. That was good. I did I did maybe, man, I did maybe like the fattest thing I've ever done in my life the other day. I had some of that icing left and it was in the refrigerator. We had no dessert. You, you, just, you just took <laughs> it to the face? Hey, did you just take it to the face? It's worse than that. I had not enough for a bowl of cereal of uh, the all berries, crunch berries. Oh, my goodness. Berries. So I took a spoon of that stuff and I just put a bowl of the crunch berries with it. <laughs> I just ate some crunch berries and cream cheese icing. Or, uh, the, that Dude, I've icing. done some fat things in my life, man. Plenty oh, of them. So good. It That's was so good. <laughs> it was so good. I had a little buzz on. Uh, you know, some some adult beverages were had, and had some wings, and I was like, "Oh, I want something sweet right now." And I'm looking through everything. Like, we got no desserts left from the holidays. This is very diabetic on your part. I went to get a bowl of cereal, and I was like, "There's not enough cereal in here for a whole bowl. That's a waste of milk." When I opened the fridge, the icing, what was left of the icing, was sitting there next to the milk. I was like, that Dude, "You got some resolutions to to take care of if you're going to yeah, be doing." Man. Eating some frosted, some literally far <laughs> frosted cereal. But meanwhile, I, mean, I, know, I know you're pretty excited because your Browns are going into the playoffs for the first time, well, since two years ago. But still, like this team looks different. Dude. Oh, this team looks boy. with Joe Flacco looks like it could match up well just against anybody. Baltimore. Well, I, I, is, I had to, I had to share the love. I I brought your boy a gift. Yeah, when we met up at the, we, we we've got a we've got a new fan there. I say, nah, nah, you bought that <laughs> necklace. That thing, that thing got spray painted black and yellow so quick. So, 
But no, nah, nobody's jumping. Like, I, I will say, with the, Browns, with the Browns being in the playoffs, I, if there was out of seven teams that make it, obviously the Steelers make it. I'm rooting for them. You guys won't be the last team, at least. You won't be the Baltimore. I, I, I root for them the least, obviously, because I hate them the most. But yeah, nobody likes Radbirds. So if, if, it's, if it's Baltimore and Cleveland, I'm, I'm actually going to see. I want to see Cleveland win. I want to see what Joe Flacco can do. Ooh. Against his old team, that would be oh, yeah. that would be some pretty interesting, some pretty ironic, a pretty ironic matchup if those two happen to meet up in the playoffs. That'd be a nightmare but, for them because Joe's spinning it, boy. He's out there falling asleep on the sidelines. He's got three hundred in the first half against the Jets, who don't even give up three hundred in a game. He's dude, out there. Just, yeah, he didn't even he's have doing Mario the Cooper. Lord's work. He didn't even have Mario Cooper back there, which was pretty impressive. No, he had in Joe. He didn't have him or Elijah game. Moore. Yeah, Elijah Moore got concussed, what, in the second or third quarter? First half, yeah. Yeah. But Njoku, well, he had 100-plus in the first quarter? In the first he quarter. Easy. He's an yeah. animal. I got, he's drinking I got beers it. in the stands after the game, taking shots with the fans. He's the people's champ up there. So you're not the he's only Browns fan I know. I got another buddy who's in Pittsburgh, enemy territory, who is a hardcore Browns fan. He's from Youngstown, Ohio, and he always go. He goes to every game. He's always there rooting for him. And he was there in person. He's loving life right now. I've never oh, seen it's a good heard through the TV, uh, that stadium, the dog pound, that loud. It was impressive last Thursday to hear how loud and how excited that fan base is. And, I mean, I know y'all got y'all living life right now. Enjoy. You guys deserve it. But this doesn't seem like some fluky Browns team that is making it to the playoffs. This looks like a team that can actually do some work. I'm kind of glad that – we at least know if Kevin Stefanski doesn't rest all the starters this week, he's a moron. There's no way you let Miles Garrett, Joel Batonio, Wyatt Teller, Joe Flacco, Kareem. None of those guys touch the field. Denzel Ward. None of those guys touch the field this week against Cincinnati. It is the no. most, you've got the five seed wrapped up. You can't go any higher. You can't go any lower. So you go to Cincinnati, let Jeff Driscoll go spin it. Like he's Mason Rudolph and audition for some teams. Because right. there's nothing that can be gained from this game at all, other than the satisfaction of beating the Bengals, which is always satisfying. Golly, I keep, I just love beating the Bengals now. Um, oh, yeah. And it would be Both. lovely to see them go, you know, have a losing record and go zero and six in the division. That that uh, bandwagon's getting quite empty too. By the way, I love it. But yeah, they'll all come back when Joe Burrow comes back next year. So oh yeah. It this was ironic. The two biggest, the two biggest game. I mean, you had the Browns playoff game in Pittsburgh, but I was talking to a buddy of mine. The two biggest Browns home games of recent memory to me, like where the crowd was like that and it was like this crazy. Ironically, mm -hmm. was against the Jets, and it was Thursday night football. It right. was the game Baker first played when they opened the Bud Light coolers, mm -hmm. and I was there for that game. And then this one against the Jets because the whole city knew they could clinch. Mm -hmm. And the last time they clinched, it was the COVID year. Nobody <coughs> was really in the stadium. They couldn't be there to celebrate the win with the team. So it was just kind of weird and ironic that it was against the Jets again. But uh, it's fun watching a quarterback in – you talked about it with Mason Rudolph, with Joe Flacco, that is just operating within the system. Mm -hmm. He's out there giving what the defense takes him. And Kevin Stefanski's got to appreciate it too. Because the one thing about Kevin Stefanski is he has a tendency to be the smartest guy in the room, and I don't say that as a compliment. He he overthinks himself sometimes. And instead of just doing what he should do, he'll try to be cute. But he's got to enjoy having a quarterback with a, a, a enough of an IQ because Baker wasn't it. Deshaun hasn't proven to be it since he's been there. Jacoby was Jacoby. He's, I I love Jacoby Brissett, but he was just limited in what he was bringing to the table. He's a you know borderline starter in the NFL. Right. Um, Joe Flacco is a guy who's seen all these defenses and knows how to operate within that system, and he just knows get the ball to the open guy. Third and fifteen, opening drive against the Jets. I don't need to throw it all the way to the sticks. I'm going to check it down to Injoko Injoku after nine yards and let him run for twenty. Because yeah, he's, he's athletic really enough to get me. His yards at the yes. catcher have been ridiculous this year. So, let take me ask what you the this. defense gives you. 
Let me ask you this because let's talk about the Browns in the playoffs this year because possible matchups you guys will have um, either uh, the Texans, the Colts, or the Jaguars, or the Jaguars. in your opening round. Um, does it give you any concern? The fact that Joe, despite the fact that he's been playing well and spinning that thing, has seven interceptions in the games, the last three games? No, uh, two of them were Hail Marys. Right. And two of them were Cedric Tillman running the wrong route. What about the ones Which, that – there were two passes I remember in that first quarter of that Jets game that should have been picked off. And Well, that's that's every quarterback across the league. Yeah, yeah. But and Joe has been you're known not, to – You're not wrong because it mm-hmm. normally irritates me. But for whatever reason with him, it doesn't. What irritates me about it is coaches and quarterbacks then go into shells. And it it's not the pick itself. It's the ripple, you know, avalanche effect that it has. It then changes how you're calling and playing the rest of the game. Joe Flacco is the first quarterback I've seen in a Browns uniform that doesn't have that. And I don't even think he was this way in Baltimore. I think it's because he's playing with house money. He was on his couch. He doesn't care if he goes out. He's out there playing seven-on-seven football, letting it rip, throwing it 40 to 50 times a game, saying, I don't give a damn. Drop me back. Yeah. I'm going to let it fly. He is playing with house money. He signed that contract that gives him all kinds of incentives. Right. That come playoff time, right? So, But it's he, he's not – he's won his Super Bowls. He's made his money. He's done the highest you can do in this league for the most part. Right now, this is just a fairy tale for him. He's out there in the first time for the first time on a team where it's not don't lose the game. Because let's face it, in Baltimore, you had that defense, you had the running game. It was go out there and play handcuffed. That was kind of the Yeah, he's the, never the actually reason. had these kind of weapons to throw to. Just cut it loose. Yeah. Not Just go out there and rip it and cut it loose. And, and he had time the first time ever. But and he had a running game. But I feel like he had, they haven't been this dynamic before for him. No, I even think it's different if Chubb is healthy. Because then you're going to run the offense more through him. But yeah. right now, they're like, we're going to win the ball. We're going to pass to set up the run. And, Joe, you're going to go out there and you're going to spin it. And just spin it and spin it. And you want to win? Let let Joe spin. That's, that's oh, like Booby Miles. Did he, just quarterback. did he just come up with that? No, it's Booby Miles. Oh, dude. I did you want to win? That. Let Booby spin. <laughs> you want to win? Very let nice. Joe spin. Dude. But, but I should put it on a T-shirt. So I, I, I am – it's a conundrum. Like, I don't think there's a better time during any sport other than maybe March Madness than the NFL playoffs. And we're going into this weekend with, I think, probably one of the more wide-open playoffs in a long time. I don't yep. think um, anybody in the AFC – Baltimore has turned it on great in December, but they don't look unbeatable. Um, but – if we had to say somebody's playing the best out of everybody is them. And then probably San Francisco, who just got destroyed by Baltimore and NFC. But on either side, on either the AFC side or NFC side, I don't see everybody's beatable. And I feel like we're going to have two new teams in the Super Bowl. Because honestly, I think some, I think the 49ers' biggest um, threat in the NFC is somebody in their own division. With the, the way the Rams are playing right now. The Rams are playing good. And they always... They always give San Francisco fits. They always give them fits. And they're very, he's a very familiar opponent. And they have probably a running back that's playing as good as CMC and Kyron Williams. Um, and then they got the kid, Puka Nakua, who almost won me my fantasy championship. Um, he about to break the rookie receiving record. And of course, Cooper Cup and then Matthew Stafford with his Super Bowl experience. So that's going to be interesting. And then the AFC. Dude, like KFC or K- Kansas City does not look like Kansas City of old, but they're always scary, especially since they got Mahomes. So they'll be the third seed probably because either Miami what do you or guys, Buffalo will be the second seed. What do you guys – because the, the team that the Browns could face up against in the first round that I don't want to see is Houston. Oh. We did not play them with C.J. Stroud the first time around. Um, mm-hmm. I still think we're a better team than they are, but – of the three options you're giving me, I'd rather play Indy or Jacksonville. Oh, yeah. Houston. No doubt. That kid, CJ um, Stroud's going to be the offensive rookie of the year. They probably got the head it, coach of the year. 
what is it that you guys need to make the playoffs again? So because we need Buffalo or Jacksonville to lose. We obviously need to win. There is a way we right. can get in if we lose, but um, the easiest route is for us to win. Buffalo to lose or Jacksonville to lose. Either one of those lose and we win, we're in. Or if Houston and Indy tie. Those are the three scenarios. And initially, I wasn't going to root for you guys this week unless we had a chance to win the division. And then I did a little research. And I I will tell you, I will be – I wasn't going to root for Baltimore against you because I hate them. But I was just going to be indifferent and just watch the game. Now I will be rooting for you, and I will tell you why, because we did a little bit of research. And the playoffs reseed after the first round. And I like our chances. They do. I like you. I like you guys' chances against Kansas City, frankly, Um, especially your defensive line against their offensive line. But I like our chances much more against Kansas City or Miami than Baltimore, and I'd rather you guys be the sacrificial lamb to – Baltimore in the second round of the Baltimore. playoffs because I I think we match up well with Miami now with the injuries that they have stacking up. Um, if I'll tell you this, if we and it's a big if, but if we if this is who we've become, Pittsburgh, and we continue to be an efficient offense, we'll get Minka back and we'll get Atlanta Roberts back uh, probably after this week, and it will be the healthiest we've been all year round. If we can continue to run the ball, because the way we're playing right now, it wins in December and January. The way we're running the ball with Najee and Jalen. Don't give me that smirk. I feel like you're smirking over there for a reason, man, because I'm over uh, here with my I'll hope. Tell you, I'll tell you why I'm smirking. I'm over here. I, I've been there. I've been there with hope before. <laughs> um, I like the way – if like I said, I did preface that by saying it's a big if because we have not shown this type of consistency all year round. But we have two games in a row scoring 30-plus points. 400 yards of offense for the first time since 2020. And we I, have a quarterback that has not playoff experience, but at least game experience. So it does give me that that little trinket of hope that we could win a playoff game because we all know what so many teams have gone on runs once you get into the playoffs that had no business or you thought had no business making it all the way. Yeah. Uh, we were one of the first teams in 2005. Uh, we got beat by another team in Green Bay in 2011 who got us in the sixth seed. And I believe the Giants one year did the same thing. So, yes. If you get was it into the, second the show, time they beat, was it the second time they beat New England? I think so. I think because they were, I think they, they might have been what, like 10 and no, nine and seven or 10 and six get into the playoffs. Yeah. And barely got in. Um, but if you get invited to the show, there's always a chance. We well, just I'll tell you what my I'll tell you what my smirk is about now. Okay. Because it's not about your hope. I like to see yeah. you with hope. I like to see you with your positive pants on. These are my positive pants, bro. It, it brings me it brings me joy for you. Um my my hope is this. If you guys can make it and we can both win in the first round. There's a chance one, we face each other. Oh yeah. In Cleveland. It will be in Cleveland. In Cleveland. Oof. If you guys no, well, you would have to win the second round and we would have to win the second round. But the Browns would host the AFC Championship. championship. It would be the oh my goodness. So, but the biggest reason is if you guys won the first round and we won the first round, that means we're either getting to play you and then we both win the second round. That means we're either getting to play you and host the AFC championship game or Joe Flacco has a chance to knock Baltimore out of the playoffs to go to the Super Bowl. And that's just like the most perfect thing ever for me. I'm trying to think. We're not automatically the seventh seed if we get in. Who would be? No, you, I think you would be we'd, six. We'd be six. Like if, and, you, if you win and Buffalo loses, you would be six. But Buffalo would be Buffalo's out of six. Yes. And Miami would be the second seed. Who would be the seventh seed at that point? Houston, Jacksonville, or Indy? Whoever loses between Indy and Houston, because I know if Jacksonville if Jacksonville it one, wins, it would be one of the AFC South teams. Yes, and then we know two if of the three would make it. If Jacksonville if Jacksonville wins, because they're are they nine to seven or or eight and eight right now? Yeah, 
They're all nine and seven. We're all nine and seven. Any of the AFC South teams win, um, and Buffalo loses, we're the seventh seed because they'll take the fifth or the fourth and the sixth seed. Okay. Because all three of them beat us, so I think we maybe we are the seventh seed no matter what. But gotcha. That is interesting. Uh, what about on the NFC side? Who you got over there? Who do you think? Tampa was playing good ball before last week. <laughs> they um, were, yeah. And I, I was assuming that Tampa was going to host Dallas. Mm-hmm. I thought on the road Dallas could lose to Tampa, and then the refs decided that Dallas was going to win that game against Detroit. Yeah. Um, it's still hard to go against San Francisco. That team is so complete and so deep. They are. I don't like the way the Eagles are playing right now. I do like the way the Rams are playing. I don't like Detroit away from Detroit. I also don't like Detroit in the matchup against the Rams in the first round, which is what it looks like it's going to be. That's going to be another Joe Flacco type. Going yes. against Baltimore type game. Going against the Which, by the way, you guys get that officiating crew for your game on Saturday night. Oh, are you Brad Allen? It's yes. on Saturday. Golly. Yep. Oh my goodness. Look at that look. I do not want to see them. They real quick, you saw Bad. the statement about the NFL basically yes. defending them, saying it's the onus of the player to make sure that he they're basically saying, and don't get me wrong, there is some deception built into what Detroit tried to do. But the referee dropped the ball on that. There's no if ands, buts about it. Was it was explained so, to him. It was explained dude, to him. And, you got it wrong. In a year, in a year where refereeing seems like it's been as worse as it's been ever, that was kind of the icing on the cake because that literally changed Not the Just playoffs. refereeing that crew. That's the same crew that missed the pass interference non call right. for the like that crew has been terrible. Yeah. The, little, the Miami Philly game where Miami got yeah. penalized 10. That Philly crew has been awful. I've never played in one game of football in my life where there was one team that had zero. Zero penalties. Zero penalties. Dude, I never went a game without committing a penalty. I never got a call for all of them, but I held my ass off all the time. So It's, it's kind of like fouling in basketball. You do it until it's called. Yeah. Yeah. If they're going to let you get away with it. It's just yeah. like pushing – for me, to me, the most egregious thing. So, in the NBA, a while ago, you and I used to talk about it when the Cavs and Warriors were going head to head in the finals every year. The most egregious thing was how they never called moving screens, because mm-hmm. basically the Warriors were teaching their big men, Andrew Bogut, Draymond Green, they were all doing moving screens on every play to free Clay and Steph up. And now, off wide receivers push off on every play. They do every single play. Every and single play. My right? problem is. They pick and choose when they're going to call it. Either call it or don't. But there has to be – it's it's like a strike zone in baseball. Don't call low inside strikes all game long, and then the seventh inning, it's not a strike. Don't turn your head the other way on offensive pass interference or holding by the offensive lineman all game long, and then call it in the fourth quarter when it determines the outcome of the game. That's my problem with officiating. It's either a foul or it's not. And if it's a foul in the first quarter – it's not in the fourth quarter. And if it's not a foul in the first quarter, it's not in the fourth quarter. So stop picking and choosing when you're going to do this stuff. Yeah. And it, that, that annoys me too, but it's, that's not even, they're not even getting to that point. Like that's not even, they are making no, that, that, yeah, this is bad calls or terrible. bad no calls. Yep. And it has literally affected the playoffs on the NFC side. And I hope they don't screw us this weekend against Baltimore, but I can't, you really got to go in to the game. Uh, refereed by this referee by this crew with a certain understanding that some things may be out of your control. It sucks to think that. It always is an element that the refs will have an effect on the game, but you never expect a crew to have that type of effect on the game. That really, I mean, they screwed Detroit. There's no if ands but buts about it. I mean, I heard their fan base afterwards; they were livid hot. and they really can't hot. blame them at all. They should be. But it should be a fun playoffs, man. I'm looking forward to yeah. it. Um, I think it's wide open, and it's anybody's anybody's Super Bowl. It's going to be a good matchup, I think, in Vegas come February. Next week, when the field is set, next week we'll do our we'll do our we'll pick Super. We'll pick an AFC and NFC champion. Got it. 
on one of next week's shows because we'll we'll have some picks and stuff to do. But before we're going to do grind my gears, but talking about playoffs, the college football playoffs. A the Bama Michigan game was about the sloppiest. Who doesn't want to lose less game that I've seen? I love the physicality of it, but my God, Alabama mm-hmm. center! How, I've seen things out of that Alabama team that I've not seen out of a Nick Saban coach team. He's got to be about done, and not because he can't do it anymore. But I don't understand how Nick Saban can put up with this level of what's going on with the college athlete today in the NIL world and stuff. I don't see it either. I don't know how he's going to adjust. I always thought, and I've had this debate with a couple of my buddies, that because Alabama was so far ahead of everybody as far as recruiting and the type of players they could store on their roster to wait in the wings when their Heisman candidate graduated or their first-round quarterback drafted graduated, they had another first-round quarterback in the wings. Right. That's just not this – is not that day and age. And so I always thought that NAL – NIL would affect them more than most because now they're coming back to the level of everybody else. Now, NIL is going to affect, it's going to affect everybody. Uh, it's going to affect all the blue bloods because you won't be able to store those guys on the roster. Um, we see how it was affecting Ohio State. But for teams like Alabama, I think Clemson, who was probably second in that run under Alabama the past 10 years, it's already hit them hard. It's already hit them hard. And I don't see how they're going to be able to come back, especially – with Dabo Sweeney being so anti-NIL, they won't be able to recruit the same caliber of players they've been doing over the years because he has been on the record of being against it. And and granted, he's going to have to acquiesce a little bit, but I think it's a hit them already. I think it's going to hit Alabama. It's going to hit the rest of those guys. So I, I like the fact that it at least gives us more parity in college. But like you said, the way that Alabama looked, they look bad. Um, and granted, they still managed to win 12 games, make it to the playoffs. We both on the record saying they didn't deserve it. And at the end of the day, they only lost in overtime. But how they lost in overtime? Dude, two runs by Corum, a, yeah. a four-yard run, and then he just went into the end zone on the second or 20. I can't remember how long it was. Dude, that was kind of like the, the perfect way to really exemplify how bad – because. Whenever we thought of Alabama, it was always the monsters up front they had on the D-line and the O-line. The O-line gave up six sacks in the first half, and then the D-line gives up that touchdown to end the game. That's not Alabama so, football. It, I, you have the Michigan cheating thing, and what annoys me about that is Michigan is a damn good football team this year, top to bottom. To me, yeah, the were. differentiator has always been – you give Nick Saban 30 days off to prepare for any opponent, I'm taking Nick Saban every time. And the offensive game plan that Tommy Reese put together was so god-awful. It was was a terrible game plan. Jalen Milrow looked terrible. Yeah. He looked like he shouldn't be playing quarterback. Yeah, there was a dearth of talent. They did not have... The talent there was, I don't think that Michigan was that much more talented, but in the trenches, no. there was a stark difference between the two. Yes, teams. and McClellan was averaging six, seven yards a carry, and you still insisted on dropping Milrow back and putting the game in his hands. It's it's unfathomable for a Nick Saban oh, team to bowl prep that way. He was bad. Milrow lost them that game. He's running just nonchalantly carrying the ball and puts it on the ground. Yeah. And the offensive I mean, line was bad, but there's certain plays, and there's one. I'll have to try and go find the video. Maybe I'll be able to tweet it out um, later on this week a shot of the play. But Michigan shifts their defense. Alabama's in an empty set. All of a sudden, you have four Michigan des- defenders to Milrose right, two to the left, and it's a, it's a spread set. And for whatever reason, Milrose's eyes go straight left, and he gets blown up. Yeah, I know which play you're talking about. Yeah. He had a guy on a seam wide open where if you just lead him away from the safety, he walks in for six. But that's a perfect case in point of not knowing where your eyes should be, having a low football IQ, and not understanding the offense. There's nothing in the world that says my eyes should go left at snap here based on what you're seeing pre-snap. And his eyes went straight left, didn't even see the guys coming unblocked off the edge, and he just got blown up. 
Yeah. That's that's a coaching thing that you would never see out of a Nick Saban team before. He would yeah. not have a quarterback on the field that could not make that adjustment, that would do that. And then to continue to double down and do the same thing all game long blew my mind. I yeah. like, what am I watching here? He definitely wasn't good. I mean, and it's not like J.J. McCarthy was sitting the world on fire. He didn't look good either. You see how he started Overrated. the game out. I'm glad the world now sees what I've been saying for months about J.J. Dude, McCarthy when everybody almost, was talking about the first-round pick. It was almost a disaster on the very first play of the game. He threw it, yeah. scrambled out to the right, and threw it straight to the I was like Will Ferrell. Mm-hmm. I was like Will Ferrell in my chair. I was like, <laughs> I know you was loving like You thought Michigan was going to come out and just crap oh, the bed from the beginning, though. J.J. threw a pick. The meatloaf. <laughs> well, as bad as those two quarterbacks were, the quarterbacks in the Texas-Washington game looked fantastic. Penix was robbed. He was for robbed the, of the, the Heisman. Heisman. For the Heisman? Yes. He was well, robbed of the Heisman. He's been in school for like 12 years, man. I guess he deserved a, a lifetime achievement Heisman at that point. Stop him from giving it to Chris Winkie. <laughs> That's true. I'm just saying. Don't blame he, my he's man. a lifetime achievement award. He's been there forever. Uh, his you spent four years at Indiana and didn't look nearly this good. You always saw that he had talent, but um, he when he Florida? went to Washington, he has just been tearing it up. And Quinn, Did he go to high school in Florida? Huh? Did Penny's go to high school in Florida? I can't remember off the top of my head. But, I mean, him, he he, he balled out. Uh, yeah, he obviously has a lot of weapons. Has the one Rome kid who's going to be a first-round draft pick. He looked good. And then, you, ever uh, see, uh, you ever see the movie Moneyball? Is With that Brad the one Brad About Pitt? The ace. Yeah. I have Brad not Pitt. seen that. That's on my list. There's Let me go ahead and write that down. Yeah. Is you about to quote there's the a, movie for me? There's a scene in there where he's trying to build his roster because obviously the A's don't have money, right? Mm-hmm. So he's like looking for all these guys with deficiencies into why like other MLB teams haven't picked them up. Like he's a really good player, but guys don't like him because he's weird. Like they found a guy who did the whole submarine pitching thing and stuff like that. Had a really good ERA, good pitcher, but he looked weird. That's right. Penix. Penix is a left-handed quarterback. He mm-hmm. looks weird because he's a left-handed quarterback wearing linebacker pads. I've never understood that, by the way. His shoulder pads sit so high. <laughs> he is he's, he is not a small dude either. I mean, he is no. a decent size. But, so those, those shoulder pads look even bigger. But and he, he went has, from Indiana to Washington. If you yeah. know, if if he goes from somewhere to an SEC school <clears throat> and he's right-handed, he's hands down the first pick in the draft coming out this year over Caleb Williams because he's put up similar stats. One, he would have won a Heisman, and he's actually won playoff games and made it to the playoffs, where Caleb you know, Williams has done none of that. If I'm being honest, I think Washington beats the brakes off Michigan because of Penix. I hope so. I hope you're right, because this has been miserable for me. Dude, if Michigan brings the Big Ten a championship, dude, I'm I'm just going to wear a big M around you all the time. Just to piss it was you off. A, oh, man. See, big Missouri, the, the damn Missouri thing, and we got yeah, – I have a, have a problem with capital oh. M's, man. What the hell? Man, listen, we're <laughs> going to we're gonna save Ohio State for the next show because I don't – I don't have nearly enough time to go into it. We're going to go ahead. You want to go ahead and just – you've done turned it sour. You want to do grind my gears now and just go ahead and – Really? Get some get, – I want you to you, get something off your chest. Obviously, your gears have been grinded. Just by talking about Michigan and capital M's, it pisses let's, you off. Okay. So let's go. Let's grind my gears. You know what really grinds my gears? Loud noises! And you know who I'm going to get pissed at? Go on. I cannot stand these Bengals fans that just come out the woodwork. Another thing that grinds my gears. Nothing pissed me off more seeing what happened with Florida State. Boy, that escalated quickly. They are trying to act like folks aren't dumb. Hey, that was quite a rap there. And that's what really grinds my gears. And here we go. You know what really grinds? I'm going to give the floor to you first. Well, dude, mine is completely out of left field. But you want to know, okay. and I just experienced this. What really grinds my gears is the last hour and a half of a 10-hour drive when <laughs> you're, you're in traffic. So we drive up to Ohio. 
Maps, Google Great Maps. Great state states. of Ohio. It's, you know, to each his own. Beauty <laughs> is in the eye of the beholder, so I'll let you have it. But my parents stayed here, so I like it enough. My cousins stay in Columbus, and that's who we, we went to visit for New Year's. So we make the trek from Atlanta, uh, Gwinnett County in Georgia, and we leave at 3.30 in the morning. Going up there is fine. When you're going towards a, defin- a destination, it's always better. Drive is always better because you have something to look forward to. You're excited. Something fun, something that you haven't done in a while. The kids are going to play with their kids. Uh, they're geeked about it, even though the are we there yet happened about five hours too soon. But granted, we get there. It's fine. Eight hour drive takes 10 because we have three little ones and they have to go to the bathroom every two hours. It is what it is. It's life of a parent, life of a parent on a road trip. But when you're coming home and all you want to do is just get into your house after being away for five days and laying in your bed, why is it that last hour and a half, two hours feels like eternity? My goodness, we were in, we had got to Georgia and we could see the light at the end of the tunnel. We go into the state two hours away and we're, dude, we get to just outside of Atlanta. It said an hour and a half away for another hour. Like we were an hour and a half away. For an hour. So basically, it took us two and a half hours to drive an hour and a half because if anybody knows Atlanta traffic, if you get there around three or four o'clock on a business day, there is nothing you can do about it. You have seven, eight lanes of highway and somehow they're always jam-packed. Always. You know what's bad is irrational thoughts start going through your mind like, forget this. I know we're only two hours out, but I'm getting a hotel. I'm done. I'm over. (laughs) Exactly. We're pulling over. We're going to dinner right now, and we're getting a hotel, and I'm going to bed, especially when you do that early drive. Like the most irrational thought, you would never ever think, oh, I'm an hour and a half from home. I'm getting a hotel. But in that moment, 10 that hours moment. on the road, you're like, I'm, where's the Hampton Inn? I'm, I'm going somewhere. Look it up on Expedia. Done. We're going somewhere. We left at 6 o'clock, and everything was smooth selling. We get through Kentucky, cool. We get through Tennessee, cool. Get through Chattanooga. Chattanooga is always that. You know, you always have a landmark. You're like, okay, we're almost there yeah. once we get to Chattanooga. Everybody has that landmark. We get through Chattanooga, think it's smooth selling. No. Wrong. Three hours. Well, it was supposed to be an hour and a half turned into three hours. And it just, I was done. By the time I got home, thank God we made it safe. Everybody Mentally got home. Drained. I was just, I didn't want to talk to anybody. I was like, let me just go downstairs, <laughs> just sit down for a little bit. Let me decompress before I come up. And, and I feel like. Any other. I always get the bad luck. Like we did this. We went on a cruise in October and we drove to New York city mm-hmm. and stayed. We got a hotel the night before stayed in New York city, but getting home, we knew it was one, you know, one way, eight and a half, nine hour shot coming back. And right. I feel like without fail, when I'm coming back the last two hours, I hit the weather also. So when it starts raining, that's when it's mm-hmm. like everything that could go wrong, goes wrong. The kids get irritable. Right. Everybody's just ready to be home. A week of vacation just starts setting in on you. You start thinking about work the next day and all the other BS. And you're just like, oh, oh, no. We're like two days. I like fast food as much as the next man, but you just get so tired of eating gas station snacks and fast food just because you got to eat something. And it ain't cheap no more. You no. got a family of four or five going to McDonald's for breakfast is $40. $40. We went to Chick-fil-A in an inordinate amount of times on our way up because my kids just love the Chick-fil-A. Dude, I'm so tired of chicken sandwiches right now. Dude, at least a week break. I'll be back. Don't worry. I'll, I love them. But yeah. I, I need to go you, just, week. you need some time away. I need some time away. You know? That's a, but uh, yeah, man. It, it was tough, but we made it. And uh, That's a good grind my gears. Woo! That's your your gears were ground on your vehicle and in your heart and mind. Right. Uh, mine, I had a few different I had a few different places I was thinking of going. Um, there's some New Year's stuff. I it was about a week ago. They start talking about the comeback player of the year. I see DeMar Hamlin as the comeback player of the year. I, I thought about that because first and foremost, you're happy the guy's okay, but he hasn't right. played. And it annoys me us making all these off-field storylines on-field award type things, if that makes sense. Like that truly perturbs me. But 
I'm going to, I have to go with the, the state of Ohio state football. Me, you and your cousin sat and talked about this for a while at, a at the restaurant when we were at Twin Peaks. It's not about them losing the game. I don't even care that they won or lost the game. You learned nothing from this game. It was supposed to be what you saw, what you got out of Devin Brown, so you could know what your quarterback room looks like going into the spring. You Even Tennessee got to see what their freshman quarterback is going to look like going into next year. He looks good. He does. But you, you learned nothing from this game. You didn't show up. The offensive line was terrible. Rubble. It, they actually did a pretty good job of somehow talking a lot of these players into playing in the game that otherwise probably wouldn't have. And that's the product you put up, not against Alabama or Georgia or USC, Missouri. No that lies. is what you put up against Missouri. Because Ryan Day is an awful head coach. That's why, and- Greg. And you hate capital M's. Just you can't get past the capital M's. <laughs> you know what? Somebody puts a capital that, M. Next time I come, I'm, I'm gonna wear a big capital M, and you're gonna be so terrified, you won't know what to do. Just, just for that, I'm gonna tell my kids that we're not allowing M and M's in this house for the <laughs> next calendar year. And it's because Missouri, of capital because M, he Michigan, capital M. Y'all can't handle it. It just does something to your psyche. We we beat Miami of Ohio. Is that we a capital that M? One. Marshall. Yeah, I guess that's a little. Yeah. That's a that's a max school. That's a little. That's a lowercase M. But the, <laughs> the capital M's is the one that gives you this. We we beat the U Miami. Okay, but that no, was it was ago. it was just uh so disgusting to watch. Like there was nothing to be gained from that. It was, mm-hmm. and it. I say it facetiously about Ryan Day being off an awful head coach. He, it's not that he's an awful head coach, but you, you're starting to get to that point where are you the right coach for Ohio State? I mean, you guys because have, his his resume right now looks very Harbaugh like before Connor Stallions. Well, Harbaugh might be leaving, so maybe you guys just in luck. I'm sure he will be. If he's smart, he will be Chargers coach next year. I can see that. The cheating stuff and all the NCAA stuff aside, Michigan is losing a lot of players to the draft, like graduating and stuff. They're they're going to lose a lot. This is his best class. He's losing. Harbaugh's always been. He's always been an opportunist where he goes out at the right time. Like he He is the head coach for the Chargers next year. That's my prediction. I I think so as well. But um, yeah, that's that's my grind. My years is. Just the current state, there's nothing you can do but vomit about what's when you look at the transfer portal and the NIL and what other schools are getting in. They're still talking to the kid from Kansas State, I guess, to maybe get it. He just finally officially said that he's coming to visit Ohio State. Will Howard, I think is his name. Oh, Will Howard from Kansas State? Yeah. Yeah, he's coming. So I, mean, I heard Cam Ward entered the draft, so he's out of it, right? I know you guys were. Oh, did he? Did he declare for the draft? I heard he entered the draft. This is okay. just, I'm not, don't. Well, Quote me on that, but I, at least what I heard. But, but it's funny pers- we gotta, what perspective will do to you because you guys and your one or two losses are just in the dumps in Ohio State. And I'm at eight and five Northwestern with our coach, the Big Ten coach of the year, David Bryan. Despite all the mess we went through this year, I'm as excited as I've been to be a Wildcat alum and fan in a while. And so it's funny how that works, right? I, well, I told you we're kindred spirits, you and I, because – how I feel on Saturdays is how you feel on Sundays, and how you feel on Saturdays is how I feel on Sundays. Northwestern is very Browns like sprinkles of success here and there, yeah. throughout their throughout their I can't uh, even, tenure. Yeah, and I can't even. Uh, the Buckeyes are very Steelers like. You're just used to a standard of success, and yeah. that just is what it is. And it is what it is. All but I know is. We got a good weekend coming up because you have a meaningful game coming because it was looking dicey there. If you'd have lost out of these last two weeks, this weekend would not matter for you. I know. Positive we got something fans. to look forward to. And, not, and we're both a little fans. superstitious. Huh? I found out we're both a little superstitious. A little, a little, a little stitious, a little stitious. But these positive pants are going to show up again on Saturday. They go into their special room in my basement. Nobody opens that room for the entire week. They're pressed. There's a nice little crease. In them and they stay in there by themselves 
until it's game day. And so they will be there on Saturday waiting. And uh, we think we have a 4.30 kickoff on Saturday. The Monday night crew is in town, yeah. Troy Aikman, Joe Buck. And uh, we're going to see my what happens. My wife said man. she's not coming. My wife said she's not coming to Atlanta again. Oh, she's my good luck char. Come on. Come on, Liz. <laughs> she, said, she says not happening. We're FaceTiming. I'm a FaceTimer. Yeah, you- I'm gonna get That'll a list cut out. That would be weird, though. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you know what? Since we're already clinched for our spot, and nothing can be gained by my game, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and give you a break. You know what? I'm gonna give you a break from this week. What's that? My little picture that I send you every Sunday, oh, and I don't the need song. To see that. I don't need to see Wonderful. that. Wonderful. You gotta stick with tradition. Okay. You gotta stick with tradition. So. <laughs> All right, man. I'm glad you're home safe. We'll uh, we'll do it again in a couple days. All right, brother. All right. Thank